Good morning. I want to welcome you very, very warmly today. I am so glad that you are here in the cathedral or joining us by way of the live stream. I'd like to offer a particular word of welcome to Bishop Milesic, the Bishop of Cleveland. And Bishop Milesic, when I say I want to welcome him to Columbus, I really need to say I want to welcome him back to Columbus. Bishop Milesic is an alumnus of the Pontifical College Josephinum, and so he studied here to be a priest. He was a priest of Harrisburg, the name Bishop of Greensburg in Pennsylvania, and now, like me, he was fortunate enough to land in Ohio. You're very, very welcome. This, his presence actually says an awful lot because our gathering here today is not simply a city of Columbus or the Diocese of Columbus, but actually this is, we live in the state capital, and so this is really an Ohio gathering and an Ohio witness. We gather here, first of all, to be get one in prayer, to pray, to ask the Lord for his guidance and his help, to continue to ask the Lord for that transformation of culture and offering ourselves, our service in witness and to do what we can to help transform that culture. But then we have our witness over at the State House after the Mass. I want to thank all of you who are here. Those of you who are real veterans in the movement will be coming up in two years on 50 years, a half a century, of having to give witness to the dignity of life. Since that Roe versus Wade decision in 1973, can you believe it? A half a century that has mocked our nation with this terrible, terrible scourge of abortion on demand. And really, what started off as being called a choice and very limited, going now in our day and age to very, very extreme measures. Pope St. Paul VI was right in 1968 when he spoke about how sometimes some of the beginnings of these movements will cause a bit of a slide and we just slip further and further down the hill with regard to respect for human life. I want to welcome all of the families who are here. Several, we have families representing our different Catholic schools. And I'm so happy that you can be here today. But I also want to say a word of welcome to all of those who are joining us by way of St. Gabriel Radio and by way of live stream here in the Diocese of Columbus and in the Diocese of Cleveland. Plus, all around, people are looking in at us. Welcome to the Dominican novices. They come up every year from Cincinnati to give witness. So we have a lot to be grateful for, even 
as we have much to pray for and about. I really wish, I really lament, in fact, that we're not going to be together in Washington, D.C. next week for the March for Life, and that this cathedral isn't packed full the way we would like it to be. But on the other hand, there's a part of me that says, well, because of the circumstances, we're actually joined by many, many more people because of the live streaming capabilities. So instead of a few representatives from our schools, we're able to share this experience, this time of prayer with many of our schools. You know, I was so deeply inspired last year at the March for Life by so many of you or your fellow students and by all of the different parish groups and school groups that were down for the march. It was great to be able to meet you in different places along the way and to walk a little bit with you and to see your commitment. One of the great things about the March for Life is that very often we're made to feel as if we're the odd ones for believing in life. As if the rest of the world takes it for granted that abortion on demand is the way to go. And in fact, that's not true. Some of the progress that we've made over the years in that transformation of culture is that most people don't believe that. But yet, the prevailing political and media-driven image is that, no, 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 you and I are odd for believing in the sanctity and the dignity of human life. And so sometimes we're made to feel as if we're all alone. And that's very especially true for many of you as students, for young people. And one of the great things about the March for Life is that we gather in one place and it's actually, even though a very somber occasion we're recalling a very somber event, it's actually a very joy-filled occasion as we celebrate faith and we celebrate life. And what happens is we see that there are many, many people who share our convictions and who want to give testimony to those convictions and who do so faithfully and joyfully. It's a real uplift to be able to recognize other people who share these values and these concerns. And so we miss that this year. But we find other ways to draw on that help and support and share that joy. That feeling of being kind of pushed aside, of feeling different, is something that the prophet Isaiah experienced many, many years, hundreds of years even before the time of Jesus Christ. We hear in our reading today the prophet Isaiah speaking to us where he says to us, though I thought... Where he says, Though I thought I had toiled in vain, and for nothing uselessly spent my strength. Speaking out, trying to proclaim God's message in a time of difficulty in the life of the nation of Israel. 
He felt that he was out there alone, not able to get through it. He felt as if his word wasn't making a difference. He says, yes, though I thought I had toiled in vain and for nothing uselessly spent my strength, yet my reward is with the Lord and my recompense is with God. Indeed, he didn't know it, but he was making a huge difference. And God was working through him. He wasn't laboring in vain at all. He said, I felt that way, but God was doing something else. He recognizes what God says to him. It's too little, he says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. God was using the prophet in a much bigger way than he ever thought was possible. Did you ever think about that? That your witness, your sacrifices, may have an impact far larger than anything you might see. God is always, always working with and through us. In ways that sometimes God gives us the joy of being able to see the difference that it makes. But in ways beyond even our wildest imaginations. To you who are veterans, I say never give up. Never give up. Never be discouraged. That's the devil's tool, discouragement. Never be discouraged. But be joyful. And be energetic. And bear witness to that good news of the gift of human life that God gives to each and every one of us. To you who are a new generation coming along, Don't feel alone. Look around you here and find the support that you can discover in your own circles. And if you're not at the march this year, maybe, especially those of you who are seniors, you'll have opportunities through your own college groups in the future to be able to make your way down or to take advantage of some of the other wonderful, wonderful groups of young people who regularly give witness not only to the dignity of human life, but to the joy of the gospel. You see, our work is really about transforming a culture. Our work is about transforming a culture. Little by little, we try to change laws or try to find ways to keep things from slipping even further. We, ha- we always have to be vigilant, and we always have to speak up. But more important than changing laws is changing hearts. Because laws can flip back and forth. We see that happen. We need to change hearts so that once again as a nation we recover that sense of the beautiful gift of human life. 
I was listening to um, Cardinal Dolan's weekly talk show on Sirius Radio. It's, every, it's good to he- hear from Cardinal Dolan. He was always, when I was in New York, he was always good for a laugh, but he was always good for a deep thought. He could go deep. And he was saying that he was asked by a politician in New York, he didn't name the person, and he said the person came to him really in good faith. This wasn't really a com- complaint. It sounds negative, but he, he said, this person said, why is that you Catholics are so hung up on the issue of abortion? And he said, well, I'm glad you asked me. He said there were, he gave three reasons. He said the first is that really the two pillars of our Catholic moral teaching, of our Catholic moral life, are respect for human life and recognizing the dignity of every single human person. And so he said, yes, it's not that we're hung up only on abortion, but that we speak out for human life all the time. All of our calls for human dignity. The very bedrock of everything we speak of, of every political issue, every moral issue, every societal issue, begins with the recognition that every human being is created in the image and likeness of God and bears that image from the first moment of conception all the way through to that last breath when God calls us home. And so, speaking out on a variety of of life issues and the common good and building up the common good and concern about violence and racial division and poverty and the opioid crisis and so many things, human trafficking, all the things that afflict us. Capital punishment, it's all in there. The bedrock is recognizing that human dignity of every single human person. Even to the simplest thing as to how we speak to and treat our nearest neighbor. The question for us as Catholics is to, do I look deeply into the eyes of every single person I encounter and see the image and likeness of God? And if I do, how does that affect my decision? Well, that bedrock leads to the second point. And he said, nowhere is life more under attack than in its most vulnerable stages, in the womb of its mother and in its last breath. That's why it's so important to us. The bishops in there of the United States in our introduction to faithful citizenship speak of abortion as a preeminent issue 
And the reason we said that then and the reason that Cardinal Dolan gives for this second reason is that all those human rights are very, very important. But without the right to be born, they're just ideals. They're really nothing. What good are the other human rights if I don't have the right to be born and to live? It becomes foundational. Indeed, that's the second point. All we, we, we speak out on human life, particularly on abortion, because it is so foundational. And because it happens to be one, the most vulnerable when somebody's most dependent, and two, the most under attack. Third point he made. Yes, we witness to life as Catholics, but not only as Catholics, but as thoughtful human beings who are proud to be Americans and proud of the structure of who we are as a nation and how we have that opportunity to speak about our most fundamental beliefs and convictions, how we have the right and the responsibility as individual Americans to form our nation's policies and laws. We speak as Americans who are concerned about the dignity of human life. And we are proud that we have that opportunity and we take that responsibility very, very seriously. And so, first of all, it's not only a Catholic issue, it's a human issue. And we are joined, and that's, that's one of the great things here in the state of Ohio. We are joined by many others. It's not just Catholics who are speaking about life here in this state. People from many, many different faiths, and there are many secular organizations dedicated to promoting the dignity of human life. We do this, as Cardinal Dolan said, as Americans who have both the cherished right and the responsibility to inform our nation and our local policy. Transforming the culture of life and our Catholic approach, however, has different components to it. Certainly we witness to what we believe in our voting and in our promotion of public policy, but it also has a hands-on approach. And this is the Catholic way, too, that it's not enough simply to speak out, but it's important to live out. We use the term as Catholics, we call, talk about the spiritual and the corporal works of mercy. Indeed, we want to promote the dignity of human life, but we do so by helping one another to achieve those goals. Certainly, just like right now, we're gathered here in prayer. We rely on the help 
and the mercy of God, we pray. This year, especially because we don't have the chance to gather, we're using newer opportunities to give witness and to pray. And so we've been celebrating the nine days for life. Many parishes have undertaken to do this. Many of you have undertaken to do this. We've promoted it in our various media. The Catholic Times here in Columbus had a full spread of all these different opportunities. St. Gabriel Radio is playing the novena throughout the day. All these opportunities for us to pray. Man, oh man, I wish we were together praying, but nothing can keep us apart, right? Not even coronavirus. We're going to find a way to be together to pray.